Welcome back to another Yak Podcast. We're continuing our series on Addicted to Busy this week, and we discuss the important topic of the Sabbath and how we're supposed to treat it. I love putting everything in the right place, a place specifically for that item. I like it when A equals B and B equals C and therefore A equals C. I like things with a definite answer because, it, because naturally I lean more towards extremes in most cases. Simply because I like my thought boxes. I like my thought boxes wrapped in nice paper and for them to have a bow on it. It's why I think the weather in North Texas is evil. (laughs) There is no sense to it. Hello, June, 80 degrees. Hello, December, it's 80 degrees. Hello, day later, it's 15. (laughs) The weather people here just must throw a dart at a board and see see whether, what weather pattern it hits. Mind you, 50% of that board says furnace, which is the season we celebrate in Texas after summer. Point is, and this is your first fill-in-the-blank, point is I like clarity. Tension is to be avoided at all costs. I say I'm probably not alone in this option. Unfortunately, today's subject is going to present a lot of tension, and it's going to leave you there. And that's going to drive some of you bonkers as you head home. I'm sorry. Welcome to my world on this subject. The last few weeks we've talked about our addiction to busy. The first week we talked about finding a sustainable pace, how we have to be intentional about finding one. You won't just stumble into one. Last week we talked about why, why we are addicted to busy and found that it comes back to this desire to be accepted by others more than to be loved by God. We worship what people think of us, not what God thinks of us. This week we're going to talk about how the Sabbath plays into our rhythm and why it refocuses us on who matters. Whose view of us is the most important? To do so means defining the Sabbath and determining how best we can use it. What is the biblical way to use the Sabbath? Before I break down the differences in opinion, I want us to be aware of four things before we dive into what the Sabbath is. The Sabbath is just Sunday. It's our designated day of rest, for those of you that are wondering what that word is. There are the four things I want you to be aware of. One, I've asked the transformation group leaders not to share their personal opinion. This is intentional. I want you to think through your own opinion. Two, you have to realize that both perspectives view the Sabbath as a gift. Do you view the Sabbath as a gift? Three, don't come to a conclusion on the Sabbath because it's the easier one. This is laziness. Deal with the issue. Are you the authority or is God's word? If it's God's word, what does it say? That is the question we will wrestle with today. Four, don't go home and yell at your folks, We're living in sin! Don't do that. Calm down. Have a discussion with your parents regarding this issue. See how they came to their own opinion. This should lead to conversation, not argument and judgment. So what is the Sabbath? The day of rest instituted by God in Genesis 1, confirmed by law in the Ten Commandments, a day set aside for special communion with God. What does the Westminster have to say about it? What is the Westminster Confession of Faith? Anybody? Say it, Will. It's really long. It's really long. Thank you. It's the confession that was drawn up by the English 
Jewish church during the Reformation. Yeah. So it's essentially creeds to give us boundaries. So this is what it has to say. Would you want to add anything, Andrew? I was yeah, so our denomination holds to the Westminster Standard when it comes to making decisions based on theology and orthodoxy, especially this one when dealing with the Sabbath. So Westminster has a lot to say about the Sabbath, namely two questions. Question 57, which is the fourth commandment? And this is the answer to it. The fourth commandment is, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath day of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work, thou, nor thy son, nor thy daughter, thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, nor thy cattle, nor thy stranger within thy gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day, wherefore the Lord blessed. Question 60. How is the Sabbath to be sanctified? Answer, the Sabbath is to be sanctified by a holy resting all the day, even from such worldly employments and recreations as are lawful on other days, and spending the whole time in the public and private exercises of God's worship, except so much as to be taken up as work, uh, in works of necessity and mercy. That is what the Westminster Confession of Faith says about the Sabbath and what our denomination holds to. That is what a great group of men wrote concerning the Sabbath. Does your view line up with them or not? Is their definition a gift to you, or do you view it as a curse? Why? So what are the perspectives on how to view the Sabbath from a Reformed perspective? If I did all the views of the Sabbath in all of Christendom, this would be a college-level course. I will not do that. If I did all the perspectives in evangelical circles, it would be a series. If I did all of it in just orthodox evangelical views, it would be a retreat series. For the sake of time, I'm going to cover the two most common perspectives within our denomination, within the Reformed community at large. The one that many in our denomination hold to and the other that our denomination, including a good portion of people, obviously hold to. So I'm going to give you the two major perspectives within our denomination. Now, this is where it comes down to the nitty-gritty. I'm going to do my best to be fairly, to paint fairly the two positions. I will also do my best not to posit my own position as I talk about the two. This is what we discussed throughout Transformation Group tonight. This is where we find the tension. Know that there are many intelligent and godly men who have come to different conclusions on these issues. Because of this, we should not take this matter lightly, especially if the Sabbath is an integral part of finding our pace, our rhythm, and our rest. So here are the two positions in reform circles. Here's your next fill in the blank. It's the Puritan view of the Sabbath and the Continental view of the Sabbath. The Puritan view of the Sabbath and the Continental view of the Sabbath. R.C. Sproul summarizes it best. Both views acknowledge that the Sabbath is still in effect. Both views agree that the Sabbath is a time for corporate worship. Both agree that the Sabbath is a day of rest when believers are to abstain from unnecessary commerce. But two areas are in dispute between the two schools. And the most important of these is the question of recreation on the Sabbath. Is recreation a legitimate form of rest-taking, or is recreation something that mars a scarred observation of the Sabbath day? 
what this is essentially saying is, is it okay for us to play games? Is it okay for us to watch movies? You can list your recreation of choice. But this question is at the core of the two issues. The Puritan view essentially holds to the fact that you may not undertake any recreation during the Sabbath, while the Continental view holds that you may. Okay? The Puritan view argues against recreation on the Sabbath. They use Isaiah 58 as proof text for it. Nicholas Bound produced the first full Puritan treatment on the fourth commandment. There are two essential features of Sabbatarianism. First, since the fourth commandment finds its origin in creation, it predates both the fall and the Decalogue, which is the Ten Commandments. Therefore, the Sabbath is not ceremonial, but a moral law binding upon all humanity. Second, Saturday, or the Jewish day of rest, is transferred to Sunday as a Christian fulfillment of the Sabbath. Further, this transfer is seen as a coming directly from Jesus Christ and transmitted through his disciples. Inherent within this thinking is the unyielding conviction that Sunday is only appropriate day on which Christians may worship God. Bound favors the term the Lord's Day as the proper title for the first day of the week. So what the Puritan view is saying is that... Um, you are not to participate in recreation on the Sabbath day. That is set aside for the Lord. And therefore, we are asked to be in public worship and private worship. We get to questions during transformation groups. Okay? So the next fill in the blank. This Puritan view, the Puritan view is the view held by our denomination. Okay? The main difference in the continental view pertains to recreation. The continental view holds that there can be recreation on the Sabbath. This is a view held by many in our denomination, but cannot be openly spoken for. To be clearly honest, this is a debate that even rages now within our own presbytery. Can someone teach this view as a biblical model, or must they hold to the standard set by the Westminster? Again, there are godly men on both sides of the debate. So here are some of the most pressing questions for you regarding the Sabbath. These are the ones I've heard over the years, specifically for your age group. Can I do homework on the Sabbath? Is it morally wrong for me to do homework on the Sabbath? Can I work on the Sabbath? Can I watch football on the Sabbath? Can I eat out on the Sabbath? Can I cook on the Sabbath? It's easy to go down this road of what you can't do on the Sabbath. But when we do this, we immediately don't view the Sabbath as a gift. Are you hearing all these regulations? And are you viewing these things as a curse and not a gift? Why? So during transformation groups, please remind each other of what we get to do. And that is the next fill in the blank. The Sabbath is supposed to be a gift. The question becomes, how do we use this gift well? How do we honor God on the Sabbath? How do we find rest on the Sabbath? Remember when Jesus said, remember what Jesus said. He reminded his hearers that the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Mark 2.27 Some section, sectors of Judaism clearly had lost this perspective so that the Sabbath had lost its humane dimension. They were so consumed with rules that they had forgotten mercy. 
Jesus was grieved at the hardness of the Pharisees' hearts, for they lacked love for those suffering. Yet here is the tension. While this is not a salvation issue, it does become an obedience issue. To refuse Sabbath is, in effect, to spurn the gift of freedom. It is to resume willingly what we once cried out for God to deliver us from. It is choosing what we once shunned. Slaves don't rest. Slaves can't rest. Slaves, by definition, have no freedom to rest. Rest, it turns out, is a condition of liberty. Sabbath is the refusal to go back to Egypt. That's what we're saying when we view the Sabbath day differently. Again, the focus of both positions is how do we best find freedom in the Sabbath? Is that freedom found in enjoying a football game with family? Or does that shackle our emotions and demeanor to the outcome of a game? The focus of our discussion should not be one on what we cannot do. It should be one on what we get to do and why. Hear that as you head into transformation groups. Carrie, not that one, Carrie Wyatt Kent wrote, Here's what Jesus seemed to be saying with his actions. You've heard it said to keep the Sabbath holy, which you've done by avoiding certain tasks. But I say to you, keep the Sabbath from engaging in relationships, by restoring people to community, to wholeness by setting people free. And I might add, we might try starting with ourselves. So will you take the gift of the Sabbath? Will you treat Sunday differently? Brady Boy says this, God's purpose for us on the Sabbath is that we experience the highest and most intense joy that can be experienced, namely that we take delight in the Lord. And yet what he finds again and again is professing Christians who prefer little human-sized pleasures from the things that have no close relation to God at all. If you work seven days a week in the hot sun to keep life and limb together with scarcely any time for leisure and reflection, would you consider it burdensome if your God came to you with omnipotent authority and said, I want you to have to work. I don't want you to. I don't want to have you work so much. I want you to have a day a week to rest and enjoy what really counts in life. And I promise to meet your needs with just six days of work. This is not a cruel commandment. This is a gracious gift. So how do we enjoy this gift? During transformation group time, we will look at the article by R.C. Sproul and some of the major passages in the debate. This will hopefully help us approach it somewhat informed. Clearly, this is not a question you will answer tonight. But it is something I hope you will dwell on in attention for a while. That you wrestle with this question. That you honor God by looking at what he says honestly and drawing an informed opinion. Not an opinion of ease. Thanks for tuning in to another Yak podcast. If you'd like to find out more about Yak, you can visit us at cccfrisco.org. See you next week.